let your voice be heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Around, we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. Happy belated birthday to Selena Hill, who just turned 21 plus 10 the other day. <laughs> so and more than that. Selena, as we all know, had her birthday, and um, 80% of the show was too sick and dying and also traveling to make it to her birthday party. And if you guys don't know (laughs) Selena, you guys should know Selena always has the most amazing birthday parties. Last year, (laughs) she had a birthday party at the Cove Lounge. Where Stanley (laughs) fell asleep. I was sick. And I was also tired. Yeah, but exactly. I wasn't moving. But Selena had people giving speeches. She didn't ask them to give speeches. Yes, she did. But they went and they gave speeches anyway because they loved her. Um, and then the birthday before that, when was the birthday? You had some spot right on top of Red Rooster. <laughs> I think mm. that was my favorite one. Stanley, mm. that, okay, so that never happened. No, it did. It did. It was like the upstairs thing. Oh, it wasn't Red Rooster. It was next door to Red Rooster. That spot. I forgot the name of it. Oh. Oh, yes, I remember that Chaz Lucien. <laughs> I can barely pronounce it. Yes, it's Chaz not, Lucien, it's, yes. It's no longer called. But thank you so much for the belated birthday wishes. Yes, guys, I am back. I did take off last Sunday, but here I am, Selena Hill. And on Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at Miss Selena Hill. I'm super happy to be back. Not super happy about turning another age. I'm past that. Like, I still look 25, so I'm going to just go with that. Almost definitely. Yeah. yeah. So I was just like, yeah, you Selena, guys don't even need to know. You're aging like, like good do say it just okay. gets better yeah. <laughs> i appreciate the compliments um yeah so stanley's here evan's here how are you guys feeling i'm good I'm um good. You, are, are you feeling good evan? yeah i'm feeling good i'm glad to be here i'm tired of selena's birthday pictures popping up in my group chat like yo hook me up i still haven't seen them she like i said she's leaving us in suspense i'm gonna be dropping she, the picture soon she had one picture my boy was like yo that's your home girl right i'm like yeah it's not gonna be your home girl <laughs> <laughs> no. So no more pictures. You ain't knew where that was going. All no. right, bro. <laughs> but yeah, we have a great show. Stanley, hold on. Did you introduce yourself? Or you just been too busy talking about me and Yo. the birthday party you didn't make it? We always start, let's not be trash. I haven't way. been this excited to really? celebrate exact somebody's birthday since I found out that Julia Roberts almost played Harriet Tubman. Oh right? my I God. can't help it. But this is Stanley We got to discuss that. You can find me on the Twitter at Stan Fitz, on the IG at Stan Fitz. You can find me on a Snapchat that I don't use at Dark Skin Swindle. Do you know why it's Stan Fitz everywhere else? Because Selena told me to and I listened because she's the birthday girl. <laughs> All right. And Evan, how can people find and follow you? Uh, people can find me on Instagram at underscore Mastronardi. And of course, also at let's not be trash.com with my co thoughtful thoughty, Stan Fritz. Thank you, King. Um, great. Yeah. So we have a great show lined up. A lot of news roundup stories to talk about. Stanley already mentioned Julia Roberts talking about Harriet Tubman. We'll go into that. Uh, we'll also um, then we'll have a larger segment about the Freedom Dividend, also known as Universal Basic Income. This is basically Andrew Yang's way of saying I want to give everyone a thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about mm-hmm. what that really means. And, you know, the, the history behind Universal Basic Income. So I'm super happy about that. Uh, we had another Democratic debate. I stayed up and watched SNL last night. So there's a lot definitely to be talking about. Evan, are you excited about anything in particular? Uh, I'm excited to talk trash about Julia Roberts being Harriet Tubman because I you don't think she would have did a good job. No, I couldn't. Like, there, there's, there, there's so many levels to that. Uh, but yeah, universal basic income. Haven't discussed that on the show in a while. Let I know we got a good lineup. Go. <laughs> Is that how she would have sounded, you, Stanley? You, you already know that's how she would have sounded. Um, Drop Matt and bombs, right? Ugh, and won an Oscar for it too. Yeah, 
Definitely. Right. She definitely would have won an Oscar for that. But well, hold on. So we'll talk more about that later. Um, guys, if you want to let your voice be heard, you can hit us up on Facebook.com. If you happen to be watching now, leave those comments. Facebook.com slash let your voice be heard. You can also tweet us at be heard underscore radio. If you're listening live, call us up at 212-650-6903. And for those in the podcast world, we appreciate you. Please share a link on uh, Spotify. SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. Let your friends know, and we appreciate it. On that note, we're going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're talking about all the stories that made us laugh and cry and cry during the, fall- the past week. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Parliament. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Selena Hill, Evan Mashinardi, and of course, Fire Mariah. Oh, I like that. Fire Mariah. Yeah, man. So I can't get credit for this nickname. Actually, one of our listeners, Molly, suggested it. Oh, really? (laughs) That's a good one. I like that. Fire Mariah. You like that, Mariah? Ooh, Mariah gave her her cosign. We're in business, y'all. So if you're just tuning in, guys, listen up. This is the news roundup where we talk about things that made you laugh, cry, curse, flip a table, or just scratch your head in confusion. And if you're like me, you have been living a regular life, so you don't have time to be following the impeachment process every single day. But if you're like me, you have no life, so you've been following it. (laughs) And so for those of you who have not had time to follow it, I have an update for you guys about all the things that are happening. So what you should know, right now, Donald Trump is not being impeached yet. They have been having impeachment hearings. And in this week, pretty much everyone on his foreign policy team representing Ukraine has come up to congressional hearings for impeachment and snitched on Donald Trump and said that not only did he withhold money from Ukraine until they would promise to announce an investigation to Joe Biden, but that he also communicated it to other people. It wasn't just communicated through third parties. He was actually saying it. And multiple people said it. And apparently Mike Pence knew about it. And a secretary of war knew about it. And a congressional member, David Nunez, knew about it. They all knew about it. So right now, we've ended, we've like reached the last day of those investigations, and it's getting ready to go up to Senate. So Republican senators and White House senior officials pretty much try to have a secret meeting to figure out how they're going to play this. Because if Congress votes for impeachment, it's going to be an overwhelming yes, which means it'll all have to go up to the Senate. With all the evidence we have right now, it shows that not only did Donald Trump try to get an investigation into a political enemy by using foreign support, mm-hmm. but that he also committed a crime. Like, through any legal basis, it's clear that he committed a crime now. Mm. So now Republicans are trying to figure out how do they defend this, because in Congress, they're trying to defend it, but every time they try to say something, one of the people they brought up to, this, to the defense table accidentally dry snitches on them. A great example of that is Devin Nunez. He's a congressman from California who really supports Trump. He, um, one of the Republican lawyers asked the person sitting on the stand, they said, well, isn't it true that you, had a, you didn't talk to this person before? Right. And it was supposed to be a very easy question where the answer was, I've never talked to them. It's fine. Well, the person on the stand said, well, actually, I did talk to this person and we had an argument because I didn't understand why he wasn't giving me information of what he was doing during this time with Ukraine. What he was doing was helping to pressure Ukraine to launch a fake investigation to Joe Biden. And what he said to her was, I don't know who else I have to talk to. I talked to Mike Pence. I talked to Donald Trump. I talked to Mike Pompeo. Why do I have to talk to you now? Which pretty much implicated all of those people. (laughs) Devin Nunez started coughing on the mic to try to stop her from finishing her sentence. 
So that's where we are right now. So barring any unexpected witnesses coming forward, the House Intelligence Committee will draft the report for the Judiciary Committee, which lays out the case for impeachment and explains how to proceed. And the, the Judiciary Committee will, will ultimately decide whether to draft articles of impeachment to send to the House floor. We're pretty sure that this is going to happen. But Republican staffers will write a separate report of their own, which may or may not be the name Alexandra Chalupa scrolled over and over on a legal pad. Um, because pretty much the way Republicans are looking at it now, they can't prove. Like, it's very obvious that Trump did something wrong. So what they've just been doing is yelling how things are being done improperly. So they might just make a whole report just saying that Adam Schiff, who is chairing the impeachment proceedings, mm -hmm. is a liar and he's trash. And that's where we are right now. Well, I'll say this. At some point during the middle of the hearing, Donald Trump literally held an impromptu press conference where he read a script. Oh, did you see yeah, that? Yeah, and he was like, he was like, hold on, I wrote notes about what um what Sandlin yeah, he, he just said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he was like, oh, he basically said, what do you want? And then Trump said, I told him, I don't want nothing. I don't want nothing. He, like, it was so bizarre. He wrote a memo to Sharpie. And it's not yes. the first time he's done that. Did he, he admit he, that he too? Used, he used the Sharpie once to show where that, that hurricane was oh, yeah. supposed to go in his mind, yep. even though it didn't actually go there. So he's done this before. It was hilarious. That's going to be a new meme. Oh, and, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I don't know if he's trying to make himself look less guilty, but it didn't work. He, he, yeah. He's all about dis distractions. He's all about smoke and mirrors. That, that's what this man does. And then at one point he was like, Hold on, get this, got the cameras rolling. I'm like, is he, do, is he, does he still think he's a reality star? Is he like think that Did, he's filming this? Ha have you ever seen the juxtaposition between uh, when Donald Trump got that um, Al Qaeda leader and when Obama yes. uh, gave the press conference of killing bin Laden and yep. it was like side by side? Yes. And that had me rolling and, I, and nothing encapsulates the two uh, and, and how much he breaks the norms of like decorum better yeah. than that. Oh, yeah. So, something that do you think that Trump will actually be impeached? Um, I, <sighs> yeah, it gets fuzzy right there, don't it? It does. Do I think I think that I don't know because I don't know if the Senate is going to actually allow the impeachment, the impeachment to go that far. Yeah. I think in the House, absolutely. Um, they'll push for it and they're going to continue to push for it. But I don't I feel like some Democrats even feel a little divided about it. They say, let's not focus on this. Let's focus <sighs> on defeating him in 2020. That's the best way to get him out the White House. No. Yeah. But now, like, it's very, very well documented that he's committed multiple crimes. Can you even still keep that talking point? Yeah, Evan? I think so. He'll get impeached, but he won't get removed from office. Right. That's that's what I think, because the impeachment just means, like you said, it's going to go to the Senate. The Senate's yeah. majority Republican. I don't believe they have enough backbone. And I also don't believe enough Democrats have enough backbone. I agree. I think too many Democrats, you know, we're going to look back at this time and see what people did. And right. they're going to be on the wrong side of history because they're going to be thinking about their campaigns. Yep. When this man clearly committed treason. Yep. And that's what we'll remember. And it, it's unfortunate that they're playing to that. They're playing to their votes. They're, let's face it. They're really playing to a white working class. Mm -hmm. That's that's who they're playing to because yeah. they think this doesn't roll with them enough for them to get votes yeah. and enough for even Democrats to win in 2020. And I, I think that's not 
this is a, a special circumstance that needs to be acknowledged. You, you can't just bypass treason. Well, I have a question for all those watching via Facebook Live now. Do you think Trump will get impeached and removed from office? Do you think that Democrats should be putting all of this effort and energy behind this? Or do you think that we should just focus on the election in 2020? Let us know if you are watching, listening right now on Facebook Live. Or you can call us at 212-650-6903. Again, that's 212-650-6903. So I want to jump gears a little bit and talk about something that's a little old. But Selena, I didn't have a chance to get any of your feedback on there. Did you hear what President Obama was oh, saying? Yeah. He said most people are to the middle. They don't want to move that far left. And the further left we go, the more likely it'll be that Donald Trump will win the presidency. Mm-hmm. What did you think about that? Um, To me, this is classic Obama. I mean, as you guys discussed last week on Let Your Voice Be Heard, he's very pragma- um, he's a pragmatist. Yeah, he's conservative. Well, you know, more conservative than my liking. He's a moderate. Uh, he's a centrist. I mean, what did you expect? I mean, I feel like the Obama of 2008 would not appeal to a lot of us progressives in 20 in 2019 because he's too centrist. And like he's always been about working with the other side and bringing people together. I'm not surprised. Like and what he basically said is. There are good people, and he said good people on both sides, but he said that sometimes good people do things that you may not agree with, and sometimes people that you really don't like, they still love their children. So I understand where he's coming from. Um, Do I necessarily agree with that ideology? No, but I get it, and I'm not going to beat the man up. Like, he's he's a baby boomer. He's an older more conservative black man like he reminds me of my mom and my aunties like that's how they talk but he's not a boomer he's a gen xer but no, he's yeah, not. I get, no he is yeah gen how X old is, is he he's 50 yeah he's, 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 gen he's X. on the cusp he's on the cusp he, he's he's older than 50 he's like 51 like he's no older than 53 years old yeah, he's, 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 yeah, he's an early baby gen X boomers are the ones who fought in world war ii Mm-mm. well the general well, the generation spans actually 20 years oh damn yeah so that. like the oldest baby boomers are about what like 66 70 no, like 80 now Mm-mm, no that's the silent generation that's the silent generation uh, yeah, it's not or, like... or the racist generation <laughs> All right, well but... i mean call it what you want yeah they said that they said the n-word with the hard er but silently that's what i'm saying like you know when they go which is the quote-unquote greatest generation which one is that millennials <laughs> oh, oh, oh no 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 there's a there's a generation that's called the greatest generation oh but, but oh, they were I also extremely racist so i never understand anyway i'm just going along with what you're saying but <laughs> but I, I agree with you, Selena. Obama's always been a pragmatist. We shouldn't be yeah. surprised. And also, look, we can't act like 2008 is 2019. Yeah. In right. 2008, there's a lot of things we didn't know were possible politically. Yeah. A lot of people didn't think Donald, as messed up as America is, a lot of people didn't think Donald Trump could be president in 2008. Look where we are now. You know, you and said, a lot of people, yeah, go on. No, no, I was just going to like, reference a comment I got from Shirley Walker talking about on whether Trump committed treason. And she said, let Mr. Obama do half of what Trump mm. has done and not see what they would do. They would, exactly. They would exactly. Oh, forget it. It's, it's a complete double standard. But he's, he's a pragmatist. And also, Obama's coming from a place of, look, I got elected twice. Yes. <laughs> I, I know what it's like to win yes, as a Democrat two-term president in the yeah. United States of America. I can't fault him for that. Yeah. I can't fault him for g- impressing his ideology about how to win and how to remove Donald Trump from office, which is really the priority here. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily agree that going too far left... Oh, I think we have a call. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I, I don't think necessarily going too far left um, in 2019 is the same thing as it would have been in 2008. 
I think we've we've shown there's more success through certain policies. Like, look how popular Bernie Sanders is. Absolutely. Look how popular Elizabeth Warren, AOC. We've proven that certain policies that used to be like off the table can work now. But so I may not agree, but I completely understand where he's coming from. Okay. Well, we got a comment on the line, a caller from um, Harlem. His name is Hodgin. Hodgin, let your voice be heard. Yeah, I think uh, whatever goes down, whatever comes around, we should get rid of him once and for all. If it be to vote him out or if it be impeachment, we should just get rid of this guy once and for all because he's caused too much damage to the country already. You know, and I agree with you. I definitely want to get him out the White House. But which one is more feasible? Like, do you think he'll be elected out? Are you confident or are you confident that he'll be impeached? I'm confident that he'll be elected out. I'm confident in that. You know, I think I think he's embarrassed even the people that, that support him. I think he's an embarrassment to them. And the people are falling like flies by the wayside. And if people can't see this, you know, it's up to us. You know, it's up to the public. It's up to the masses to uh to, to record this stuff and, and and watch it carefully and make a decision based on that. I think we can get them out. You know, I agree with you, but again, I feel like in middle America, I don't think ba- Trump is not losing his base. He continues to pander to them. He continues to use racist rhetoric. He continues it, to just fan the flames of white supremacy. His base is growing and they are standing strong. I love your confidence and optimism. I don't share that. It, it's true, but he did win only by, I believe, 70,000 votes. And yeah. in total, no, Hillary Clinton got the popular vote Absolutely. by like 3 million. Yeah. But it was 70,000 votes that let him win electorally. Yes. So does he have those? Because everything needs to go right for him electorally again for him to win. Or the cheating has to be effective. Or, or the cheating has to be effective and Russia can do an even better job. Ukraine can even do a better job hacking our elections. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not too confident he's going to win, but I do think that if he loses that and if we are able to mitigate you know, cheating as much as possible, yeah. I think without cheating, he's going to have a hard time gaining re-election. Yeah. Um, so we actually have a comment coming in on Facebook Live back to Obama's remarks. Anvant Drummer says Obama's remarks revealed the government ain't going to help readdress the income inequality that he helped create. Woo! Mm. That's a loaded one. And Doreen King, she said the scary thing is Pence is worse. Ooh. He needs to go too. So folks are not happy with the Obama's legacy in hindsight. Folks definitely don't want Trump. I think he has a better chance of winning than he does of losing because there's a lot of Republican control in a bunch of states and they are actively working to reduce voter turnout in black and brown communities Mm -hmm. and poor communities. Look at what he did in Florida. They found, while they were doing the recounts for Andrew Gillum, they found votes for Al Gore in a closet in a school. Yes. Stanley! Yes. (laughs) Yes, they found absentee ballots for Al Gore. Yes, in Florida. That's what happened last year. These Republicans will do anything they can to win these elections. Oh, my God. Yeah, man. So well, well I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. And, you know, I want to shout out to Claude LaRoche and Avant Drama and Terrence Kofi and all the other people watching. And I want to hear from you guys, too, if you think that we have a chance to actually defeat Trump. Now, we have some big news for you. As you know, last night, um, well, why am I forgetting her name? Um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg yes. was hospitalized. Mm. She's not in good shape. Folks are getting really nervous. Did you hear about oh, this? Oh, Lord. Yes. Now, now she's definitely someone in a silent generation. She's about, what, 90? Um, Yeah, about, I think so, 93. I mean, my... I, 
I'm I have so much anxiety. I mean, we already lost two seats on the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. which have turned. Um, well, one was already conservative, and then they replaced um, Anthony Scantileo when he Scalia Scalia with, right when he when Brett he passed Kavanaugh, away right. Right, and then we had someone else that was re, um, elected Kennedy. as well. Yeah. Neil Gorsuch and um, Brett Kavanaugh. So the third, if we have a third Supreme Court justice that is lost under the Trump era, that's going to be disastrous. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Evan? I, I agree. I think that, look, I had many qualms with Hillary Clinton running, but one thing that was overlooked and a lot of people don't see the power of the presidency it's it's granted that congress has a lot of power the president doesn't have supreme power is a lot thing president can't do Mm -hmm. but if anything shows you the difference between candidates it's this it's who can be nominated to the supreme court and create a a legal legacy in this country for a while and that would have been different if trump wasn't president speaking of presidency um sarah dowling from uk said here in the uk we have boris johnson as prime minister who took over from theresa may in all honesty, there is not a single prime minister or president that actually has the people's interest at heart who mm. are living in poverty. They are all they are all only out of to line their own pockets. Is that like how you feel too, Selena? What's going on with this? I mean, I agree. I think that, you know, politics is a dirty game. I think it's all about money. And speaking about money and politics, mm-hmm. I want to announce before we go on break that Mayor Mike Bloomberg has officially announced his candidacy in the Seriously? 2020 election. This man is oh, worth, you know, happen. speaking about money and, poli- uh, and politics, he is worth $55 billion with a B. He is running for president. He said that he is not going to take political donations, nor would he take a salary okay. if he won the White House. Because he can fund his own election. Right. Because he could fund his own, but I mean, I mean, Stanley. I mean, we're talking money and politics. How do you feel about Mayor Mike, Bloomberg? Mayor Bloomberg once said with the chief of police that he wants to put the fear in the hearts of black and Puerto Rican kids in Brooklyn. We can't curse here, <laughs> but f Mayor Bloomberg. Like, there's no universe where I will support this white supremacist who helped accelerate gentrification, who helped reduce affordable housing in New York City, who tried to turn every part of New York City into a kiosk for rich people, who does not care about poor people, who helped to accelerate people getting evicted from their homes. No. Who who used his money to get a third term as mayor and then immediately changed the law again so that no one else could run for a third term. No. Not at all. Do well, not support him. Well, Evan, and, he, he recently yeah. apologized for stop and frisk. Oh, my. Yeah. He did. That is, but it's the most empty, obviously timed apology I've ever. I mean, he, he clearly did it right before he was going to win. I mean, I'm sorry, right before he was going to run. Um, so there's no. It's not a genuine. It. It's not a genuine apology. It's It's clearly a political apology. Like. That is not, what, two weeks before he's announcing that he's going to run? Is it just now he realized it? It it just now, two weeks before he's going to run, he realized the detrimental effects of black and brown people in New York City that were caused by the NYPD? It took him that long? No. I don't accept that at all. Hey, look. He makes, what, the 18th candidate now in the 2020 race running in the primary? And he's a Republican for the record. On, oh, he's on record as Republican. I thought he was independent. No, no, he's a Republican who he, just registers as a Democrat. He, he's changed like, like three times. Yeah. yeah. But he's like a New York City type Republican. They're still all racist. It doesn't like, okay, like you're from New York City. You don't like black people, but you won't say kill all black people. Congratulations. Well, on that note, we do have to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere, guys. When we come back, we're talking about Andrew Yang's 
freedom dividend and universal basic income is it time for us all to be getting a thousand dollars from the government this is let your voice be heard go ahead selena hill is that the intro you're giving me i was i thought you were gonna say something i didn't want to interrupt you wow okay right, hold well on, hold on, hold on. hey <laughs> hold on you want to hear what you're hearing Selena Hill about to do an intro on money. And she is talking about universal basic income. I don't got no money, so I would like me some. Hey. <laughs> Thank you. All right, guys. So we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Well, also one of your favorite political podcasts. You can follow us anywhere that you get your podcast. So we're talking about free money. Why? That's because Andrew Yang says if he becomes president, the government will send every American adult a 18 and older, a check for $1,000 per month, no strings attached. So you wouldn't get less money if you score a higher paying job. And if you're already getting housing assistance or food stamps, you can choose between your current setup or switching over to Yang's freedom dividend, which is what he calls it. So on his website, he calls it, and I quote, a foundation on which a stable, prosperous and just society can be built. While the name he's using, Freedom Dividend, is new, this concept actually is quite old. There are numerous versions of it around the world. Back in the 1960s, both liberals and conservatives came together and they were pushing what was then called the negative income tax, where instead of paying taxes, individuals and couples income who had a, that was below a predetermined level, they would receive a cash out payout, a cash payout from the Treasury Department. Now, the amount would be reduced as income rose and eventually be phased out once an individual's income rises to a certain level. So that's what they were pushing back in the 60s. In the 60s, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, he was also a champion of universal basic income. Uh, Andrew Yang's is a little different. What he would be saying is you would get $1,000 in the, in the mail every month indefinitely until you expire so you know i want to dig deep into this this is the platform you know in simple terms it sounds good but stanley is this something that you're actually advocating and standing behind so universal basic income and like separate and apart from what andrew Young is trying to do i am 100 percent in favor of we should absolutely do that um I have some issues with Andrew Yang's problem. The first being is the way he want to pay for this is by getting rid of food stamps, housing vouchers, and health care so that people can get $1,000 a month, which is good, but people still need health care. People still need housing. The cost of housing in, in the United States is still way too high, and the cost of health insurance is exorbitantly high. So you'd be giving people some a couple of extra dollars in their pockets, but... After you account for all the money they got to spend on health insurance and on housing, they're at a net, they're net negative all over yeah. again. Uh, Evan, where do you I, stand? I, I agree with that. Um, I also, if this, if there's no stipulations for this based on income, it means people who have money are getting this thousand mm-hmm. dollars too. Yep. So why not take that money and then do put a cap on it and then allow people to keep both their food stamps, you know, and assistance and get that thousand dollars. Because I don't think people of, you know, wealthy means or who don't need that thousand should be getting it. I would rather that money go to people who can keep both. 
Well, the same argument is made about those, you know, candidates who are advocating for Medicare for all and free college tuition. Like the wealthy would be entitled to that as well. You can't have Medicare for all and free college tuition Mm -hmm. and say, oh, but I'm sorry, you make too much money. So it's either all or nothing. No, that's different. I I don't. I feel like a thousand dollar check in the mail. But no, no, no. But does a wealthy person who went to prep school, do they Mm -hmm. do they need to benefit from free college even if they have like all the money? No, but I'm fine with that. So you're fine with that, but not the thousand dollar check. I think a thousand dollar check in the mail, if it means the difference between somebody actually not taking current public assistance, like Stanley said, it'll basically break even with some people. So I would rather there be more stipulations to be allowed to fund those people who really need it and they can get both. Well, I mean, okay, so basically I want to actually jump into like universal basic income, especially the iteration that Stanley was talking about yeah. uh, just a little earlier. Stanley, um, you know, Evan brought up some good points about some of the downsides. He's saying, well, the wealthy shouldn't benefit from this. Yeah. What do you think about that? Why can't, why can't they? Like everyone should have access to the universal basic income. You should. Now, some folks can choose to like reject it and say, no, they don't need it, which the wealthy person can do if they if they so choose to. But we should all have it because the basic premise would be that people should not need to be able to, quote unquote, produce something or have some kind of capitalistic value in order to have a right to like the basic necessities for food, water, shelter. But I'm saying under Andrew Yang's plan. Under, I, his, I, I, under his plan specifically? Yeah, that's so, what I'm talking about. So, so, so you're saying that... You mentioned that some people will have to choose yeah. between a thousand dollars and between getting this assistance. No, no, they, that's all they would get. Everything else would be cut off in the Yang's plan. They can't get both. No, they'd be gone. They they would use the funding that it costs to cover mm-hmm. food stamps, yep. right? So, all so those things to pay for that. So what I'm saying is, under his plan, mm-hmm. because there's no stipulations, and the wealthy would get that money too, if there was a limit you may be able to fund someone like that receiving both because then you're saving money that would otherwise go to a rich person. Mm. I mean, Yang's plan is not good, in my opinion. No, I, I'm just saying... So I wouldn't even try to play that game. But I think yeah. I, think, I, I, think, I know what if you're I'm saying. If I'm going to work with Yang's plan, this yeah. is the way I think it should be changed. Okay, well, Yang's plan is reductive, and it assumes that we're going to lose most of our jobs because automation is going to take over. And if that's the case, let's use someone like me. I make $78,000 a year right now, right? So that's how much I make. Automation takes over my job. And engineering goes, all right, Stanley, you get $1,000 a month. That's $12,000 a year with no other benefits. My rent is $2,200. What am I doing with that? So, like, that's, that's the inherent issue with Andrew Yang's problem. But they're doing that. They tested out universal basic income in some parts of, the, of America um, and in Europe, in Europe. But one place in particular where they got some results was in California. There was a small town in California where a black mayor decided to give vouchers of yeah, $500 to people. Thank you. Thank you. I forgot the name. $500 a month to families. And so about 40% of the people who live in Stockton make um, less than $46,000 a year. And after about a, a year and a half of doing this, what they found was that people spent 40% of their universal basic income money on food. Mm. Other, the rest of it was spent on like medical bills and getting repairs done or on school. So it's been pretty effective over there. And the, it, it really helped to the rebuff a reputation saying that people, if you give universal basic income, poor people or people are going to waste it on just drugs and, and booze and frivolous things or whatever they believe to be frivolous. Another thing that I've been hurting when it comes to pushback, people say that it will make people lazy, right? And Right. So, I mean, because the thing is they're saying, oh, you get $1,000 a month, they become dependent on it and they feel like, you know, they'll just do whatever they need to do 
to you know get by um when they really don't have to you know try as hard because they know they have at least a thousand dollars coming in every month i yeah i don't get that argument because look people who need basic you know necessities will use that money on it I mean, that's not being lazy. If somebody, if somebody really needs food, if they really need health care, if they really need to support their children, that's where this money will go. I don't, yeah. Yeah, no, I just want to jump in there for a little bit. In California, where they did it, as well as in Canada, where they did it in the 80s, they saw a 1% drop off from work productivity, and people use that extra time to take care of their kids, look for better jobs, or work on side projects. Mm. So, like, that was what as well. So you're saying that it stimulates creativity and not laziness. Yeah. Okay, well, that's what the results say. We actually have to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. We're going to come back and we're going to continue to talk about Andrew Yang's freedom dividend and universal basic income. Are you having a, a, a warm boy fall, Stanley? I am. I'm chubby man winter. Yeah, that's what it's called, chubby man winter. Listen, man, y'all was acting all cute and flatter in the summer. My girl right here getting cuddled up and trying to stay warm. <laughs> I know what time it was. It's not Yo, falling. We, we had fall for three and a half days. I know. It, it, it is winter winter yes. now. Shout out to Trey Songs who has played the long game, and it might be working out for him because he seems to be spending a lot of quality time with Meg the Stallion. And it Trey Songs and Meg Stallion. Yeah. You, oh, you, oh, you've been traveling, not- so you missed it. Stanley, but what about that guy she did the video with? Moneybag, yo. Yes. Moneybag might be alone now. I don't know what's going wow. on. Wow. Look at that. Okay, Stanley got all the tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of that, we are back. We're actually talking about universal basic income. Um, we talked about Andrew Yang's plan. He wants to put $1,000 in our pockets every single month until we expire. Stanley, oh. how would this impact your life in in your life in particular, if you started getting $1,000 from the month, guaranteed, uh, from the government. $1,000 extra every month? I might just like put half of that to save. I could actually do that. And then I could maybe finally afford to pay my student loan bill every month without having to like eat potato chips until the next paycheck. That'd be really good. That'd be really, really helpful, actually. Um, that'd be something that'd be, yeah, that would be a value add to my life for sure. Evan, what would you do with $1,000? Well... Right now, your boy unemployed. <laughs> so an extra thousand would be very helpful. And in fact, the top, I now know this personally, the top unemployment check you get per week is not much. The, the most you can get isn't even after taxes, $500 a week. And I have very good rent. Like when I t- tell people my rent, they do a double take. Living in the Bronx, utilities included. But even with that, I've been living paycheck to paycheck, even when I did have a job. So I would very much benefit from it. I would actually be able to save, like Stanley said. And if that was in place of unemployment, it would be, you know, um, well, actually, I didn't know. Is he taking away unemployment, too, with that thousand dollars? I'm not clear on that. Because actually, then that would be less than it on a monthly basis. But if that's in addition to it, then, yeah, that'd be extremely helpful to unemployed people. Right. Well, Stanley, so so here's the thing. It sounds like you guys are both in favor of his plan, at least the fundamentals I'm of it. I'm not in favor of his plan. Well, so break that down again Why you? because it takes away from so, other entitlements. Yes, yeah, so I'm in favor of universal basic income in general. Absolutely. I am not in favor of Andrew Yang's plan because Andrew Yang's plan does not do the work that we needed to do. Andrew Yang's plan assumes that automation is going to take over all the jobs, which it probably will. And because of that, 
you got to give people a thousand dollars a month to survive. But what kind of survival is that with a, only twelve thousand dollars a year when the cost of living is still much higher than that in every state? Mm-hmm. When the cost of food is still higher than that in every state? You're just gonna you're just gonna de- like increase the income inequality to new levels. Well, I mean, there was a point in Congress where this was actually going to move far, far um, further under the Carter and the Nixon era, um, but Democrats they said it's not enough money. They actually said we need it to. Uh, give people more money on a monthly basis Mm -hmm. to me i look at it i look at it as like this is a great starting point right a thousand dollars you're right it is the bare minimum and especially for people here in new york city we would need more than that but at at least we have someone who's talking about a program Mm -hmm. that that tries to bridge the gap between inequality if you think about it the way i see it is a lot of wealthy people Mm-hmm. And those who are privileged, they benefit from like prep schools and tutors and they go to these great schools and they get they get a chance to really explore their passions yeah. and, and pursuits and they, they get to be creative. They don't have to take the first job out of college or if they're unemployed, they don't have to take the first job that's offered to them because they have these safety nets. Yeah. So Andrew Yang wants to create a safety net. Is this enough for you to vote for him, Evan? Uh, this alone? No. Uh, also, I have. I mean, he's the only candidate talking about it. Yeah, so? <laughs> he, he is. But there's other issues that need to be discussed. And yeah. I, I haven't heard him talk much about has he really has he really ever addressed race much? Because no. I, I haven't heard him talk about that. I haven't heard. Look, he's not very good on it at all. Yeah, he's not. And, and, and immigration. It, it kind of oh, sounds horrible on that. It, it sounds like he is really trying to be almost a single issue candidate to really run on this. And he thinks, oh, people will like free money. I agree with you, Stanley, that this isn't going to be enough when automation starts. The question is, if we're just talking about his policy, are we better off if if this is the policy on the table? Are we better off with this than not having it? And I think that if there were adjustments like the ones I suggested earlier, I think yes. If it is going through as is with people losing public assistance as opposed to either having to choose between public assistance or that $1,000, then I agree with you and I think the answer is no. Well, we actually do have to start to bring this conversation to a close. But before we do, I want to just ask you guys this. You know, if if Andrew Yang's proposal is either problematic or not something that you feel like you can stand fully behind, then what is it that you want to see from a candidate to really solve economic inequality? That's the topic here. It's when it comes to economic inequality. And also, Stanley made up a good point. Robots are taking jobs from workers. Matter of fact, truck drivers are going to be losing their jobs very soon. And I think truck drivers are the um, most employed people in a number of states across the country. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be a huge economic imbalance if you have all these people losing their jobs jobs as truck drivers so stanley what is the solution reparations because you give black folks a reparations easily all black folks too and you will help to stimulate the economy in a way you haven't done before and it also make the rich pay their fair share they just are not we can have a, like a country where we have universal basic income and we also have a housing guarantee and those two things might help to mitigate some of the stress that we have you do those two things plus reparations, you're heading in the right direction. Evan, what do you say is the the, the solution here? And uh, what do you want from a candidate? I, I agree 100% with Stanley. I think, look, if we're talking about basic income, reparations is what's needed most to the communities who need it most, to the people who have been wronged by this country the most. So I think that can 
how that looks and how that will pass actually in Congress, I think certainly is an uphill battle. I know there are many ways that ideally it could be, for example, like an automatic college fund, for example, uh, some sort of calculation that will always be imperfect, but will try to assess something that could that could help uplift a community that's been oppressed in this country. But I do think uh, that's where it starts. Well, I'll say this, um, you know, just to be the the silver lining here or or just that spark of light and hope. I'm happy that we have Democratic, like serious Democratic candidates talking about programs and initiatives. This quote unquote radical like this is a really good start where you have someone who's in the running. And the reason why Andrew Yang is still actually in the running is because he's pushing this free money, freedom dividend. It's something that has not been seriously discussed in this nation for years. And it's something that I think we definitely need to revisit. Um, I do think there are some kinks that need to be worked out. But I'm happy that we have a candidate that's so futuristic and who's thinking about what's going to happen when everyone loses their jobs. These old, I don't want to say old fashioned, but a lot of these jobs are becoming antiquated because of the tech boom. And we need someone who's forward thinking. Andrew Yang has built a number of businesses inside and outside of Silicon Valley. And I think that he's the person who who to me when it comes to job creation he's the one who can think about it in a turn in a way that will be most progressive for our country now i'm not saying that i'm voting for him in a democratic primary Sounds but like i it. like i like a lot of things that he is he's he's pushing i'm happy that he's putting this conversation in national discourse and i think it's something that we should definitely explore on that note i mean again guys make sure you're paying attention the democratic primary is literally right around the corner we are weeks away from 2020 things are getting heated up and the future of this country is in our hands so if you are someone who cares about college tuition or cares about you know you feel like you're, you're under so much student debt and you have a heavy burden you feel like you know you can't afford housing you can't afford different things then pay attention because the, this is why politics matter and this is why it's so important for us to stay civically engaged in this political process so that we can vote in a candidate that's really going to speak for us and make decisions in our best interest. On that note, we do have to say goodbye for now. But we appreciate everyone who tuned in via Facebook Live. We appreciate our callers as well. And we appreciate everyone who is listening in the podcast community. We will see you again next week. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard.